Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. All right, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time, uh, hard to believe, but uh, this is Elliot Tobe, and Elliot is the president of International Home Marketing Group, and Elliot has been responsible for the sales and marketing of many, many uh, high-profile condo projects across the GTA and low-rise um, housing uh, projects as well. So, Elliot, it's great to finally have you on the show. Uh, thanks, Andrew. It's, a, it's an absolute pleasure, and I... I also, can't believe it's been this long. God, we've known each other for years now. So thanks for finally having me. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, glad to have you on. Of course, we want to talk about Home Condos, which is a new project that you are responsible for and going to be launching soon. Um, but first, why don't we uh, just get to know you a little bit and tell everyone about yourself. Uh, how did you get started in real estate? Uh, well, it actually goes back about 25 years. Uh, came out of school, had an education in computer science, started working in the field, and quickly discovered I did not enjoy just sitting in a cubicle. I liked being with people, talking to people, uh, just being out more so that, you know, in, in a social environment. And realized that I had to do something else, and what could I do? without going back to school uh, for a long period of time. And I, and I chose the route of real estate then. Uh, started in resale uh, for a few years and then moved into the new home side and spent 10 years with uh, one of the largest low-rise developers at that time in, in the GTA Tribute communities. And after a 10-year stint with them, decided it was time for a change and uh, that's how I ended up at International Home Marketing Group and kind of went through the ranks here from uh, sales manager to a vice president and president of the company for the last three years. Yeah, absolutely. And and um, you've, you know, as president and uh, International Home Marketing Group, and a lot of condo investors listening might not know the name International Home Marketing Group per se. Uh, but anybody in the industry, in the business, knows um, you guys because you're responsible for so many um, amazing projects. So what are some of the projects that you have uh, sold in the last, say, 12 months or so? I know you've, you've done so many high-profile ones. Well, I mean, first off, International, yeah, we are the kind of that company that sits in the background because, you know, you walk into a sales office for Great Gulf or for Madison or Fieldgate and you think you're meeting them, but you're actually meeting people who work through our company. Uh, we've been around 25 years, but if you want to kind of just track the last you know, 12 or 15 months, some of the projects that we've brought to market, uh, two from Metropia, one called AYC uh, at 181 Bedford, uh, the Rocket up at uh, Wilson and uh, the Allen Road. We've done a low-rise project for Madison the other week called Real Towns up in Thornhill. Uh, we've continued our work with Can Alpha down in Liberty Village, uh, with Citizen and Fieldgate. We've done a lot of work for uh, Pier 27 and St. Lawrence at 158 Front, Conservatory Group in Etobicoke on the waterfront. So there's a lot of projects that uh, we've been either releasing this year or just uh, finishing up sales with. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's great to speak to you, and um, you certainly are somebody 
you know, at the top of the industry and so to speak, and, and somebody with a wealth of experience, somebody who sold hundreds and probably thousands of uh, condos over the years, I'm sure. Um, a couple thousand this year already, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So exactly. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it adds up quick. Um, so what's, what's, what's going on in this market right now? Like everybody wants to know how is the market of, of course, um, what's your take on the condo market today as we're nearing the end of 2016 as we're having this uh, recording now? Yeah. Um, well, it's been a fantastic year. I mean, we exceeded sales from last year and I'm not talking just about, you know, my company and, and our group. Uh, industry-wide, like the projects that came out this year, and there's been a lot of high-profile ones, and they've been snapped up where we used to see, you know, a 12-, 18-month cycle for these condos to get to even, you know, their their pre-construction numbers, 70% sold, 75% sold. We're seeing that happen in record times. I mean, some overnight sellouts, uh, you know, a Cumberland, a Halo, uh, AYC projects like that have been, you know, absolutely phenomenal successes. Uh, projects where we had inventory have been continuing to sell, and we're watching pricing escalate uh, to new levels, and and not unaffordable, but it's just, you know, where we watch things that went from 500 to 600 bucks a foot. It took a while. Now we're watching things go from 600 to 700, and it's very quick. Uh, as far as the pace, but uh, people are still absorbing it. It's affordable. I think it's also the fact that the low-rise market has, you know, really become unattainable for a lot of people out there. Uh, the other week, I was talking about uh, that Real Towns project. We sold 79 houses in a weekend, uh, townhouses, for over a million dollars. Uh, so, I mean, the market has been exceptionally buoyant this year. Yeah, and what do you think is driving it? I mean, uh, you talk about the low-rise market um, just getting out of reach for a lot of people. Do you think that's the main factor that's really driving record sales and, and rapid price increases in the condo market and the high-rise market? Is there anything else going on with this story? Um, do we just, we, we can't keep up with demand? Uh, it's just a supply shortage? shortage? Um, uh, well, it, it's, I wouldn't call it an implied shortage. It truly is on the low-rise side a, a real shortage, unless you want to go to the far reaches, you know, the Sharons, the Berries, uh, out to Oshawa, Bowmanville. The West End is completely filled up, uh, you know, Mississauga and Milton. There's no low-rise land, so anything that's coming out is at such you know, high demand. In the old days, you know, we, we sold more low-rise than we did high-rise units. Now it's the complete opposite. Uh, a typical low-rise market used to be 20,000 units a year, if not more. And now if we can do five or 6,000, and that's just based on supply, available, you know, lots that are within uh, the GTA or just outside of the GTA, so there is no low-rise supply unless the government all of a sudden decides to open up the Oak Ridge's Moraine or, or some of those areas. We're going to see, you know, these prices continue to escalate in the low-rise. Yeah, that's my next question. Do you do you think? I mean, you get this all the time, I'm sure. But do you think that we have a bubble? Are we in a bubble right now? Um, and where do you see this market going over the next few years? 
Um, I don't see it as a bubble. I think, you know, the the low interest rate environment that we've enjoyed, and we're seeing it going up a bit, um, has kind of fueled that that portion. I, I really don't think it's a bubble. I, I would like to see things level off. I'm always a little concerned when I see such rapid escalation uh, on pricing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what what role or what are you seeing with the new mortgage rule changes? Everybody's interested in that and talking about that and wondering, um, you know, if, if that's going to impact the market. What's your take on it? Have you seen it impacting the market at all and what in, and in what way? You know, surprisingly, I've seen little impact. In it. And I talk to a lot of people. Uh, I mean, I'm friendly with all my competitors and everybody out there because we all want to really kind of share information and make sure that uh, we're all up to speed. But none of us are really seeing that. I mean, first off, in the condo side of business, we're all asking for 20% down. Uh, so that real stress test is not applying as much to them. Where I think it's going to be have the, the biggest impact is the first-time buyer, like who was always trying to get into the market at 5% or 10% down. They're being qualified at a much higher criteria. It's going to knock down their ability to purchase a unit um, at a, you know, at market price or wherever it's at and probably keep them in the rental market a little bit longer. I think what it's done is it's made the investor um, and the long-term investor who wants to hold rental property uh, richer, quite honestly. Uh, I think it's just going to be harder for that first-time buyer. It's not really an investor portion of the market or somebody who's established that's going to suffer under these rules. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about that a lot on the podcast lately and just uh, the uh, kind of irony of, you know, the government looking to make things better, but really it seems like they've made things worse if you're a first-time buyer, which is, you know, the way I've been saying it is the people who need help the most uh, are getting are suffering the most from these new changes. The people who need help the least, um, you know, investors uh, are probably in a in a indirect way actually benefiting from these changes. It's actually better for investors than it was before because, like you said, you're going to have more renters, um, less people can afford. Uh, all signs are pointing to you know, like you said, the rich getting richer. I agree. I completely agree with that. Yeah, um, yeah. I think what it was meant to do, which was to slow down the pace, uh, we've not seen that. Uh, but, you know, the, the tale is yet to be told. It, it, it is really fresh in there. But, you know, what we've just said with the rich getting richer and the investors, I think that's what we're going to see more so. Mm-hmm. What about the foreign buyer question? We've seen Vancouver, obviously, put in this new rule for uh, foreign buyers, new tax. Um and cause and effect, we don't know, but shortly after this is this has been put into place, uh, the sales are dropping off dramatically, it seems, in Vancouver, at least, you know, over the past couple of months. Um, I don't know if, you've, if you have any insight on the Vancouver market at all, if you track that at all, but um, do you think that we would see something similar in Toronto or, or what, like, what do you see? What's your take on the whole foreign buyer equation here in, in our market? Yeah. Um, from the 
foreign buyer question, which has always been interesting because we know. I mean, we see the demographic of the people who come through the sales office. We look at the names going on to the agreements, and they're definitely, you know, and what is a natural Canadian anymore? Is it Joe Smith? Is it, uh, you know, the names and everybody is very diverse. The people who tend to buy in the Toronto market and whether that money is flowing in from overseas is always, you know, the harder question to answer, but they have local addresses. Uh, they're landed immigrants here. They're citizens uh, of this country. They're students here. So we didn't have as much on the true, you know, foreign buyer that, that Vancouver did. The other thing that was, you know, I always found is a major difference too from Vancouver to here is, you know, it was really a lights off economy in, in Vancouver where people were buying the units over there. You'd look at whole apartment buildings and there'd be one or two lights on in these, you know, 20, 30 story towers where in Toronto, every unit is basically either occupied, rented out, where Vancouver, they were just buying just as a place to hold money. Nobody was even in those units. So I think it's, it is a different market, uh, as far as Toronto goes. But, you know, we, we do see, we definitely see some foreign buyers. And, what would you, what would, the, again, you and your position selling, you know, like you said, 2,000 condos just in the past year um, or less, uh, what would you say is your foreign, from that pool of, of sales, what would you say is the, the, the true foreign buyer? What percentage would you say you're seeing? Uh, I've actually done a tracking. I for for the projects that we've done this year, we're under ten percent. We actually hit about eight percent, and we track that because we know where they're coming from, and we have different criteria for their deposits. They're giving us much more money. Uh, where you know the local buyers giving us twenty percent, the foreign buyers giving us thirty five percent. So in tracking that, I've had about eight percent as far as uh, our our entire portfolio of sales this year. About eight percent, which is uh, very in line with what uh, what everybody seems to be saying. Um, less than ten percent. Um, do you see a jump at all in the past like sixty days since the Vancouver rule? Like some people are saying, oh, there's all this new interest in Toronto because you you're not buying in Vancouver, so all that money's going to flow over here. Are you seeing that at all? Any signs of that? Um, no, I mean I, I've seen that the market's been buoyant here, but I haven't seen. Um, you know, anything, you know, and we do some, some business out from Vancouver and advertising for Toronto properties. And I've seen no more uptake now than I did six months ago. Right, right. Yeah, so you're not really seeing that. Interesting. Interesting. Um, let's shift gears. Let's talk about home condos and, and get into that, obviously. A uh, new project that is launching soon. Um, King and Parliament area, east side of downtown. So uh, I know we, we talked about this uh, recently, but uh, I'd love for you to share um, your thoughts with, with the uh, condo investor out there listening. Why East Side right now? What, what is it about the East Side that um, you're excited about? Uh, I think it's the whole change. When you look at location uh, for the East and what's in store in really that part of the city, that part of the world, you know, it, it's just filled with so many things that are about to happen there. And, we, and we've watched, you know, development that, that moves, you know, east and west of Young Street, which is always, you know, kind of that watermark. But as we've been going towards the east, we've seen, 
you know, more and more kind of things popping up. But it is going to be the redevelopment of certain sites there that really excites me. Uh, Great Golf, who's doing this project, uh, Home with Hallmark, uh, is also responsible to one of their other companies called First Golf to the Unilever land, um, who are going to be doing a whole redevelopment of that portion down there, which is essentially where the Don Valley Parkway, you know, kind of comes to an end before the waterfront uh, with multiple office towers going into there. If the future shows us anything, there should be, you know, 20 to 30 to 50,000 people eventually working in that part of the city. That's going to bring new transit options to that part of the world as well. We're talking about the relief line and the subway. So subway's always been a big thing as far as investors go towards condos, and that's bringing something into that area, as well as new LRT lines, uh, entertainment, shopping, destination. It is really an untapped portion uh, down there. And we've seen other things down there that have, you know, kind of buoyed that area, you know, the whole Canary District, River City, and as well, when I look a little bit further to the south, and we're bringing this project out at what I would consider a very reasonable uh, cost and dollar per square foot, I look at one of the latest sales that has just happened uh, to the south, the FedEx lands uh, just around Queen's Key, which is really not far from this site. The money that these guys paid uh, is, you know, is phenomenal, $166 million for this site. Uh, which means that condos in that portion are going to have to sell for twice what, you know, great golf at home is doing. So when I look at what's going to happen in the future between all that employment, new office towers, new transit, uh, future sites that are going to be at twice the price, this just makes so much sense. Also, when the current rents in that neighborhood, have what they're getting right now, also, the return on investment for the dollar per square foot that we're going to be charging is fantastic. Uh, you'll be in a positive position down there. So, it, you know, it really does excite me. How is the rental market? Yeah, what, uh, what can you share with us about the rent or rent, rental market um, east side downtown around that area? What, what are you seeing? Um, we used to always kind of categorize it in a, you know, a dollar per square foot. Range, but that's getting harder and harder because you know as we've been making units more efficient, uh, size has kind of changed. But a typical two-bedroom in that area is now fetching twenty-two, twenty-three hundred dollars a month. Um, so I mean, it's quite high. One bedrooms at eighteen hundred, nineteen hundred dollars. So uh, really, kind of escalated up there, which is close to. You know, downtown rents, it's, uh, you're 10 minutes out of the core, but you're paying only slightly less than you would in, in a downtown location or a more core type location. Yeah, absolutely. These kind of, uh, that's something we talk about a lot with, uh, our investors here is, um, th these opportunities where you're getting, you know, everybody wants to be on Young Street. Sure. Okay. That's fine. Uh, we all know that Young Street is, is super prime downtown. We know that you're going to pay a massive premium to be anywhere close to Young Street. We know that the rental market at close to Young Street is very, very hot and the prices are highest, but, uh, there's sort of sweet spots downtown, like, like, uh, this, spot here as, as you go, you know, and maybe Liberty Village is a good example on the west side where 
Um, you're still in the downtown core, but you're, you're off of Young Street. Your prices are significantly lower that you're paying for the property, but the rental prices are only slightly lower. Um, so it ends up your ROI is a lot stronger when you're buying in these sort of um, uh, the, the, uh, the edges of the downtown core, so to speak, but you're still in the downtown. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, downtown, especially when we've seen some of the latest releases along Young Street in the corridor, I mean, these guys are getting 800 850 900 bucks a foot uh, for condos there. And the, you know, the rents aren't significantly different than these areas that are charging, you know, 600 650 a foot um, right now. Yeah, exactly. So you just you do the math and, and the numbers are... From a rental perspective, uh, from an income perspective, you're doing better in, in a location like this. Mm-hmm. Um, what can you tell us about the developer, Great Golf and Hallmark, the de- developers, I should say, Great Golf and Hallmark? What, uh, what do we need to know about them? Uh, um, well, I mean, if anybody's followed the Toronto market, uh, first off, the name Great Golf stands out. Uh, they built so many marquee projects throughout the city. And Hallmark, which has been more on the development finance side, is also no stranger. They've been around 60 years. So both of these companies uh, have been around multiple decades in doing this. Um, Great Golf is probably more so the face of this, which people identify with. And you take a look at some of their history. Even this year, A Cumberland, which was a massive success. One Bluer, which is going up right now, which you know is the dominant tower in the skyline. Uh, Buildings like X and X2 and Mond and Young and Rich and Charlie, like the, it goes back a long way. Their buildings have all done exceptionally well. Uh, people who bought into those projects have all seemed to have made money. One of the other nice things about Great Golf is it's a massive company. They're vertically integrated. They also control a company called Tucker uh, Construction. So not only are they developing it, selling it, marketing but they're also building it. So there's something, you know, inherent in, in building your own product that I think goes into quality. Uh, anything in my due diligence when I've looked at these companies, uh, you know, people are always pleased with the customer service level uh, on what they've got. They build a tremendous product. They build an absolute tremendous product. Yeah, absolutely. It just seems that any great golf building, all the lists that you just mentioned there, one Blue Ray Cumberland, um, going back in time to, you know, buildings like Charlie King and Spadina there, um, the Hudson King and Spadina, um, 18 Yorkville, Young and Bloor, whatever it is, the, the great golf building, whatever neighborhood it's in, it seems to be sort of the standard, the, the, you know, the, the high bar for the neighborhood, the, the sort of blue chip building for the, the pocket that it's in. And it seems like, um, you know, King and Parliament area, this, the home condos, uh, is poised to probably become the, the standard in that pocket. And as you, as you mentioned, as the East side gets built out, I think we'll see more buildings popping up around there. Um, but it's, it's, yeah, you just look at great golf's history. If you're buying in that building, most likely it's, it's going to be that, uh, blue chip building for many years to come. Yeah, I would agree. Totally yeah. agree. I mean, the other thing with great golf is they understand. They operate in so many different markets. They're not just Toronto-based. I mean, they build in Texas and Washington and Florida, like right throughout the United States. So they 
borrow a lot of what they've learned from different parts of the industry and brought it back here. So whether it's efficiencies, it's design, uh, you know, just new cutting-edge technologies, it, it is. It's, it's a great, you know, hive of activity. The mindset there is really tremendous in what they bring to the table. Anything else we need to know about home condos and why um, we should be looking at investing in this building now? Um, well, first off, I mean, to, to describe that neighborhood, um, you know, we've used the, the, the Power Street address. Power is probably the least known of the streets that it borders on. This project has evolved tremendously over the last, God, five years um, since it really kind of started its path going from what was going to be a single tower on the location. Uh, they were able to, you know, purchase the other portions of the land there to really create a two-tower with a, a, you know, a really masterful podium. It's a little over 500 units. When we get to a building of that size as well, you're able to kind of put in some great amenities that you can't afford in a smaller building. So beautiful fitness facility, you know, with change room steam, <laughs> outdoor pool that has spectacular views of the city skyline when we look towards the west there, um, chef's kitchens, guest suites. One of the other incredible things that we have to take a look at this building is we've carved out a huge retail portion at grade there. Um, we don't have anything that we can tell you firm who is going in, but we've really designed it um, to, to fit a food store. So to have that convenience in the building as well, to be able to come home, go downstairs, get grocery, take it up, that is any buildings that I've seen that have had that aspect have always done exceptionally well. Um, you border onto Adelaide on one side, Richmond on the other, so two key routes, whether you're trying to get in and out of the core. Parliament uh, is your north-south, so whether you want to get up to King Street car, the King Street car, you want to get down to the distillery district, down to the lakeshore, uh, or as an access to what's going to be East Harbor. You're, you're really at the forefront there, and if you have a car and you want to jump on the Gardner in the Don Valley, it's also like a stone's throw away. Yeah, absolutely. Again, that's, I mean, one of the advantages of the east side of downtown is the accessibility, like you said, and, and just able ability to get in and out of the city or in and out of downtown very quickly, as opposed to the west side, which is, uh, it's a little bit more challenging to just move around. So that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of buyers are, and renters are looking east more so now you've got, uh, you know, just a lot more options and, and access to uh, transit and, and transportation to move around easier. Um, Elliot, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about yourself or about home condos that, uh, that we should cover? Um, no, I think we've got, uh, you know, a big part of it done. Um, it is an exciting project. It is going to be available. I know you're, uh, your listeners will be able to contact you for further details and if it's something that they're looking to invest in. Um, it's a dollar per square foot. Pricing is fantastic. It, it, it's a beautiful building by a marquee uh, builder and development team. And uh, I really appreciate the, the chance to get on here and, and talk to you about this. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you very much, Elliot, for your time. Thank you for your insights and look forward to working with you um, and my investors on this project. 
if people want to get a hold of you or learn more about International Home Marketing Group, what's the best way to do that? Um, to see what we do, check out our website. It's uh, ihmg.ca. So just like our name, International Home Marketing Group, ihmg.ca. Perfect. Okay, thanks a lot, Elliot. My pleasure. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.